Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture uh, by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, of course, joined as usual, as always, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is Literature Wednesday. We're breaking down chapters 9 and 10 in Pastor Douglas Wilson's book, Mere Christendom. Uh, This is our third week with this book. Lots to chat about here, lots to break down and discuss. Um, Some of the top, top things are actually, believe it or not, related to what just happened two nights ago. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday morning, um, one of the most depressing pieces of news I've heard all year. I can say that because it's the beginning of the year, but let's be honest, the last six months, it's probably the most depressing news I've heard in the last six months. Trump won the caucus nomination in Iowa. So, yeah. So that's, you know, that's fun. So I guess who'll be writing in Ron DeSantis this this November. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing. And this book actually speaks, uh, this, these chapters speak to that entire predicament, uh, I think, rather well. So I'll be tying part of that into that, not to make it political or anything, but... Uh, the gospel is a very political gospel. And this show, I think we're allowed to be pretty political. So yeah. Oh yeah. I would uh I was, you know, getting into tiny, you know, mini debates this morning with some coworkers because it was just, you know, fresh. And I work in a place where that's completely fine. Um, so <laughs> I I'm just, you know, a tad bit riled up. <laughs> so that's gonna bleed into this a little bit. Um, but before we get into chapters 9 and 10 in this book, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. Wednesday means that Jacob does that. So you have the task, my friend, of tackling this week's passage. Take it mm-hmm. away. Uh, and our verse this week is Psalm 2. I did it right. I did it right this time. Thank Psalm you. 2, uh, verses 10 through 12. And they say... Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Uh, And again, that was uh, Psalm 2, verses 10 through 12. Uh, I think this is very pertinent, uh, especially with what Bruce literally was just talking about uh, with the politicalness of the Bible. And this is literally talking, but um, uh, D- uh, David, there we go. David was literally talking to kings. Who were kings? Who are the modern day kings, everybody? I hope we can make this correlation. Presidents, right? A president in the United States would be a king. This is referring to the leaders of of the nations. Rulers, so, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, kings, be wise and be warned of rulers of the earth. Right. Speaking to if Trump gets in or if Biden stays in or if if Ron DeSantis gets in again, all all of these options, these rulers would have to listen to this verse. Um, And just because they don't believe in God doesn't mean they don't still have to serve him. So this is literally talking about the fact that, uh, if you do not take refuge in God, he will be angry. Um, so it's this is speak that second half of the verse is speaking about God's wrath towards people who don't who don't uh, follow him, who don't rejoice with trembling, who don't fear fear the Lord. 
Um, so I think, I yep. think like we, I covered this verse last week, um, last Wednesday as well. Um, when I spoke about, um, the entirety of Psalm two, um, so I, I did mention this briefly and I went through the entire duration of, of this Psalm and how it progressively, it's talking about, um, and all of it talking about first speaking about how Christ will laugh at the people who, who are, um, trying to break their bonds and, and devise against God. And this is, this is speaking about, so therefore be afraid. Um, so literally it, it starts the verse saying, now, therefore, O Kings, speaking about what, what did we mention before? Be afraid. God is not mocked. Um, do not, do not run away from him. Do not, um, try and devise against him, but fear him and rejoice with trembling. So. I don't know, Jake, that, that sounds like a really aggressive gospel to me. <clears throat> I was promised by some very reliable sources that the gospel is, it's about your heart. It's about your relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus. That's all it is. I mean, <laughs> it, it sounds like you're trying to conquer things there. I mean, that's a little too aggressive, don't you think? I mean, wasn't Christ a pacifist? I mean, geez. No, we don't need to conquer. Christ already conquered. <laughs> We're just going out telling people that Christ did conquer. That's right. Not electing Christ, as Pastor Wilson says in here. He was elected. We're just informing people that he's their king. That's right. So that uh, was an excellent breakdown by uh, an excellent co-host here on the Reformed Dissenters. Um, we are in about halfway through this book, actually. If you look at it, this is this is about halfway through. So... I can't believe we're already halfway through. We've only, this is our third episode already in this book. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. I'll say it again. This is a comprehensive, like if you're looking for like, okay, what's the Christian mission, right? Culturally, what is our mission? This is the number one top book I'll recommend. You know, we, we read through um, Stephen Wolf's book uh, earlier, uh, actually last year, not earlier this year. <laughs> I keep forgetting about that pesky day where everything changed <clears throat> and uh, we're in a new year now. That's the thing. Uh, and we read through Stephen Wolf's book, you know, the case for Christian nationalism, which we kind of both agreed. It was kind of the case against Christian nationalism mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. <laughs> and yeah. it was not we our favorite book that year. Um, we definitely going into it, especially reading, um, especially reading the other book, Torbo's yeah. book. We were expecting a lot from Christian Torbo. nationalism, yep. and it really let us down. So yeah. this is the better version of Christian yeah. nationalism. Yes. I, if I'm going to recommend two books about how are we to be involved as Christians in society, I will recommend this book all day long, Mere Christendom. But then I'll also recommend Andrew Torba's book, Christian Nationalism, which was just phenomenal, phenomenally done. Um, so, all right. That's kind of the purpose of this book. If you're new and you're just joining us, uh, don't feel too left out. But hey, get to work on those chapters because, again, we're not an audiobook. We're just, you know, finding interesting takeaways from these chapters. We by no means cover even a quarter of what's in them. So, um, but there are basically. And we're, four... at, we're at chapter 10. So you don't, yes. well, you Chapters have a decent amount to go through. You yep. have at yep. least half of the book. So, still got oh, yeah. time. Still got time. 
Um, so there are there are about four chapters, not four chapters, but four sections in this book. Um, part one is where are we now? Part two is mere Christendom. Part three is lies about mere Christendom. And then part four is how to restore Christendom. So chapter nine, which I'll be breaking down, is right at the end of part two, mere Christendom. So defining mere Christendom. Uh, chapter 10 is what Jacob will be breaking down in the second half of this episode. And that's lies about mere Christendom. Um, and the lie that Jacob is going to be uh, discussing through this chapter that Pastor Wilson discussed is Christendom would be oppressive. <laughs> and so actually, this is I, kind of right in theme with our verse of the week, yeah. really. Um, you know, the, the conquering king is like, oh, oh, that sounds oppressive. Right. Yeah. The sinners. <laughs> yes. That sounds oppressive. Right. Because I love it, the way he goes about it. I, I, really? I nice. when I when I first opened this chapter and I was like, oh, thank you, Bruce, for giving me this chapter. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> nice. nice. Well, I I love chapter nine, so that fits in well. Um, so so here we go. Um, chapter nine is all liberty is founded in Christ. You know, our theme with this book that constantly we've been harping on is there is no neutrality. I mean. It's kind of obvious reading through this book and a lot of others that Pastor Wilson based a lot of his theology on Dr. Bonson um, and Van Til and, and several of those um, uh, more uh, presuppositional thinkers. Because the whole idea with presuppositional apologetics and just the presuppositional worldview itself is there is no neutrality. There can be no, oh, maybe this story's okay and that one's okay. And that, right, that's postmodernism. That's modernity. That's what got us into the situation we're in now where our whole society's crumbling around us. Oh, every story is equally valid and there is no truth and yada, yada, yada. It's insanity. It's foolishness. We should have known it from the start, but we messed up big time. And so here we are paying the consequences. What we need to do is get back to how the medieval Christians used to think and several of them before that really get back to the word of God and structure our society around that. But we do have actual examples for that, right? I'm going to be talking about, Pastor Wilson talked about a lot of examples from American history in this chapter. So we'll be addressing those as well. But on page 113, he starts off by saying, my argument is not just that mere Christendom is consistent with true forms of personal liberty. The argument is that some sort of mere Christendom is the only place where it is possible to gain and maintain true liberty. It is the foundation upon which liberty must be built, end quote. So you, you can't have liberty apart from Christ. This has been the running theme. There is no neutrality where you can just say, ah, oh, let's all just kind of just coexist, <laughs> right? Let's allow idols in the land. Let's leave the high places standing to use old covenant terms, right? No, <laughs> no. Uh, Lord is a jealous God, shall have no other gods before him. It's the first commandment for crying out loud. That's that's the top of the list of, of priorities. Don't leave the high places standing. You cannot have liberty if you believe that and if you act like that. There's no liberty apart from Christ. <clears throat> uh, page 115, he went on and said, quote, Liberty cannot be locked up in a cage, whether that cage is a party platform, a national constitution, a bill of rights, or a campaign slogan. Liberty exists or it does not exist in the hearts of the people. <clears throat> if the people are free, then civic liberty and freedom, civic freedom for the people becomes a possibility, end quote. So if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. What does that imply? 
prior to Christ setting you free, you are what? A slave. And you're a slave to the devil. You're a slave to sin. Can a people who are a slave to the devil and slave to sin successfully run a country on their own? No. No, they cannot. Can a people who are so blinded and have become fools, thinking themselves wise, they've become fools. Can those sorts of people create successful things? No, they cannot. That is the the glory of the gospel, is that Christ has freed us from sin to get to work, right? To restore paradise. He's using us in this world, right? He's always with us. Behold, I'm with you even till the end of the age, right? Therefore, go disciple the nations, right? Take every part of life, every facet of every society and Christianize it. Proclaim it from the rooftops that Christ is king. It's only when that happens that true liberty can actually be attained. Otherwise, what you have is sand. If your foundation for a society is not Christ, it's built on people. And when it's built on people, it shifts like sand. There's no foundation. It's not solid. You won't have lasting freedoms. You won't have lasting liberty because we can barely contain and control our own hearts. How the heck are we going to do that with a society? with millions of people. It's impossible. Uh, Page 118, he said, quote, without an exhaustive rule through the uh, predestinating, I can do words, (laughs) predestinating love of the father, unbelieving men will always see a job opening. They will want to fill that gap. They mimic the father's omnipotence, which is where we get the totalitarian part. They also try to mimic his love, which is how we get the tolerance farce. And so it is that we find ourselves suffocating under this totalitarian to, tolerance. <laughs> it's this totalitarian government, but, but tolerance, but live with, you know, everybody and be accepting of all religions and all ways of life. And it's madness, and insanity, and it's sin. Right. Um, he goes on a little bit further and, and this is a really good quote. He said, quote, Secularism is simply not capable of sustaining limited government. It cannot be done. And this is a problem because men are sinners. They require governance. Because men are sinners, they cannot be trusted with governance. That's the paradox, right? That right there is, that's the heart of the problem. We need to be governed because we're sinners. But we can't be trusted to govern because we're sinners, right? It's a, it's a catch-22. It's a vicious cycle. How are we going to do this? We need something outside of ourselves to govern us, or it will fail miserably. We can't trust ourselves. One more quote, and I'm going to pick it selectively, and then I'm going to pass it over to Jake because I'm out of time. Um, let me see what I can – unless I get a few extra minutes, Jake. <laughs> I, I have some – Decently. Okay. I don't have many quotes, but I think I have long quotes. I love how you're like, um, well Uh, about that. No, no, um. not that. (laughs) Um, all right, let's see here. All right, here we go. Two quotes. They'll be quick and brief, and I'll pretty much just read them. Page 121, quote. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and peck sniffs. Lewis worried about meddlesome rulers. You know, the kind who would make you sort your garbage into different colored bins. (laughs) The kind who would shut down your kid's lemonade stand. The kind who would confiscate half your income. The kind 
who fine florists for not celebrating vice. That kind, the kind we got, right? We need to understand, big thing through that this whole book too has been understand the tyranny you live in. That's a huge, hmm. huge problem today. You're we not think free. we're free people. We yeah. are not free people. And until we understand that, we can't make progress, right? Pastor Wilson in a previous chapter on taxation was talking about how, okay, yeah, I'm not calling for an insurrection. I'm not calling for, you know, arm yourselves and attack the Capitol or whatever, right? None of that stuff right now. Like that's no, we're not doing that. No, not calling for that. Um, it's not how responsible citizens act. But it's also stupid and unresponsible of us, irresponsible of us, <laughs> making up words, to deny that we are under that oppression. We can't do that. We can't sit there and fool ourselves and lie to ourselves and say we're free people. We are not free people. We need to get that through our heads. Finally, last quote, page 124, quote, the real reason why our current rulers want us to react violently when we hear the word theocracy is that petty gods are always jealous of their position and dread any talk of a Lord who rose from the dead, end quote. And with that, I'll pass it over to Jake to chat about chapter 10. I I seriously loved this chapter, and I think it's really interesting and amazing. Um, to start out, I think just reading the title is perfect to kind of set up this entire chapter, because, I mean, it's the title. It does set up the entire chapter. Um, so Chris, Christendom would be oppressive. This That's the name <laughs> of the chapter, and it's the, the lie that... that um, that if if we continued on the path towards Christendom, we would actually follow the judicial laws, and we would stone disobedient children, and we would we would actually punish people for murdering. We would actually bring on the death penalty. Things would actually be biblical. Um, and he talks a little bit about that, but I think he took an interesting approach in in saying, "Hold up, we." He kind of begins the chapter saying, the people who are making these arguments aren't on, aren't on neutral ground either. When they're, when they're saying like, yeah, but what would it lead to next? It's like, what would, your, what would you do and what, where would that go? Uh, I love this quote on page. So it's um, on the very last bit of page 127 and it is at the very top of 128. So... Uh, Pastor Wilson says, if you stand at a crossroads, it would be wise to consider the consequences of going right. But if, but you must also take into account the consequences of going left and standing still. It would be folly to pretend yourself that only one of the options had possible ramifications that were negative. End quote. And he's kind of pushing against the fact that... Um, Yes, there there are dangers in when you go towards trying to create a Christian society. There there are dangers. Yeah, you have what happened with the Pope and sorry with the um, Catholic Church, right? They became totalitarian, even though they were pushing for theocracy. However, they they messed up. They they you know they had sin and and it caused issues. We're not saying that there isn't going to be problems that arise that we need to take care of. There will be problems that arise, and, and we have to cross, this, cross those bridges when we come to them. But to say that, 
okay, if, if there's going to be issues this way, we have to go the other way. No, there's, <laughs> there's going to be issues going that way too. All yeah. issues have to be understood, except which way is the right way to go. The issues yeah. are not the problem. It's the end result and the goal. Um, I wanted to move on. Uh, page 131, uh, Pastor Wilson says, If someone takes human tradition as absolute, the end result will be a stifling and impressive regime and way too many bishops. But if someone takes the law of God for his guide, the end result will be deep respect for the established authorities, including even some of the bishops. End quote. So what he's saying is that a a regime, a a leadership built upon human human traditions and human faculties is a regime. What you have, it, it, it almost always has turned into that. It's always turned into when, when you have someone going off of their own basis, you don't have the Bible to go off of, right? So when you, when you have the Bible to go off of, you don't need to put rulers, uh, thousands of rulers in place because people are gov- governing themselves. It's the idea that the individual will govern themselves. And the yeah. Bible talks about how the individual needs to govern themselves. So yeah. the, the civil government doesn't need to get involved in every person's lives because the Christians are governing themselves. So it, it creates that, that sort of liberty. Uh, to continue on uh, page 132, liberty is not the standard. Respect for authority is not the standard. Both of, these, both of those things are the fruit, resulting from faithful acceptance of what God says to do. End quote. So, exactly what he was saying, I, I think this is perfect, the fact that you, we see these things as, you know, a Christian will want liberty and be re- respectful to authorities. But that's not because they are any of those things. That's not because they believe in liberty or they believe in respect to authorities. No, they believe in God. That's why they do that. Yep. To continue on, uh, page 133. Evangelical Christians who are pretty much struck with the Bible are afraid that an appeal to biblical principle in, in statecraft will lead inexorably to some kind of tyranny or other. This is because they have believed the slanders the non-believers have circulated about the God we worship and about the Bible he has given us. They believe that this God of ours is okay when it comes to sending his son into our hearts, but that but that if we let him get too close to the real power centers, the headiness of it all would be too much for him. <laughs> he then might tell us to do so, to do appalling things that we don't want to do. In short, evangelical Christians believe that their own God is a harsh master, and that mm. if we really want value, valuable civic blessings like liberty and abundance, we must seek them from other gods. Mm. I thought that was perfect summation yeah, of what what we're currently head. in yeah yep. we're, we're afraid the wrong way the wrong kind of fear we're afraid yeah. of god yep it, again in the wrong way we are to fear god but we're not yeah, to fear a, him in, that way in one sense we are doing exactly what why did the heathen rage why did the you know why do they plan a plot of a vain thing Trying to throw off the law of God, yeah. trying to loose yeah. the bounds, loose the chains. Psalm two. We've yeah. done that ourselves. 
as Christians, we've said, we don't yeah. want God's law to roll over us as a nation. We want the secularists to do it. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's what mm-hmm. we're saying. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, to move on, uh, page 135, uh, Pastor Wilson says, Out of all of the explicitly atheistic societies that formed over the course of the last century, how many of them were open and free societies? Huh? Mm. End quote. Yep. Just, I think, just think about it. Yeah. yeah. Name, name five. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Open and free societies. If you can name any of those that were yep. by atheistic leadership. All right, uh, page 136. Religion makes people fly planes into skyscrapers. Religion makes people baptize babies. Religion makes people go door to door in order to offer little pieces of paper to other people. Religion makes widows be burned alive on the pyre of their deceased husbands. Religion makes other widows mail pitiful little checks to Joel Olstein. Religion <laughs> makes people build hospitals in the jungles of the Congo. Talking about what religion does in the world is like defining medicine as pills in bottles. I'm not sure you would, I'm not sure you should take that. My, my aunt took a pill from a bottle once and she was sick for a week. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> we, if we say we can't be ruled by religion, what do you mean? What, what religion? What are you talking about? Yep. Religion can mean a lot of things. You, yourself, Mr. Atheist, believe in a, in a religion. Yep. Yeah. The atheist he does is discuss arguing that. Yeah. for his own religion. He's just saying, oh, you should follow mine and not yours. That's, that's yeah. at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's still a battle of religions. It's still the atheist yeah. religion battling the Christian religion. And the atheist has convinced Christians to say, okay, we'll put down our biggest weapon and we'll, we'll do it your way. What the heck? <laughs> Why? Yep. No, we're not yep. putting our weapon down. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're fighting. We're doing a sword fight while having our sh- sword sheathed. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah. no, 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 here, use a spork instead. I get this one. Yeah, yeah, I get the <laughs> sword. sword. Yeah, down. exactly. Yeah. On page 137 to um, round this out. Yeah, this is my last, last quote here. Um. Uh, It says on page 137, So while secularism claims not to be a religion, they do claim to be the arbiter of all religions. The faith of faiths, the religion of religions, the king of king... Better not go there. Better not go that far yet. Let's give a few more months. (laughs) I love love the way Doug Wilson goes about those types of things. But um, (laughs) it's, it's so true. What if you are saying that, oh no, you can't, you can't want to put religion into government. What do you mean? You're putting religion into government. Yeah, already done. It's, it's like just your religion you, now. Yeah, you claim to be this this neutral ground, this arbiter. The, the, entirely what the quote says: this arbiter arbiter of religions, right? Who died and put you in charge? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and that was my last quote. So yeah. to end that out, I, I, I really love that chapter and especially the way that he went yeah. about it. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't quite what you expected. I think he really mm-hmm. just attacked the argument on yeah. the other side and said, well, 
what ground are you standing on to even make that claim? Because that, see, here's the thing. This is why understanding presuppositionalism is so important, right? Because they are presuppositionalists to their side, just like we are for ours. They presuppose their own premises under the surface that they then base their argument on, right? Their premise is our religion is better than yours. We're going to call it something else. We're going to call it neutrality. But this is our religion, and it's better than yours. And we're, we want to build our foundation on it. Christians have bought that hook, line, and sinker, and they're like, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Your religion is better than ours. <laughs> Secularism is better. Let's just let's keep it, quote-unquote, neutral, right? <laughs> but you're just you're, – you're accepting their terms. And so this chapter goes directly against that. It says, no, 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 back it up. We're not going to just accept your premises. We're not going to accept your presuppositions. Okay. You can't just call something neutral when it isn't neutral. Okay. Either God reigns or you pretend to. Right. That's it. There it is. Either God reigns or man pretends he's in control. And when man pretends he's in control, we get 60 million babies murdered. We get economic collapse. We get men who think they're women and women who think they're men lopping off parts of their bodies. We get unfruitful marriages. We get disaster. But no, 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 let's let's go with that. And let's call it neutrality. Oh, sure. Great plan. Yeah. And Christians across the world, including the secularists, secularists and Christians have bought that lie. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think another amazing point uh, Doug Wilson man, uh, made at the very beginning of that chapter, chapter 10, was the very fact of like, if, oh, no, 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 you're right. You're right. We shouldn't be going towards Christian nationalism because that would be so horrible. I mean, it could end up the fact that we're killing innocent children. You know, no, no, you, you yeah. want to get to that. Oh, or, you know, you want to want to worship these horrible men who think that they're women and try and change children that way. No, 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 no. Yeah. Believe me. It, yeah. We should stay yeah. where we are. It, this is Could much you just better. imagine. I mean, Oh man, in a Christian society, I mean, would they probably would have, you know, cameras pointed in every direction, watching your every move and a million laws that you're breaking every single day, just so they can catch you on something. Oh man, better, better not do that. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for watching or listening, everyone. Um, hopefully this was insightful, got you inspired and revved up to maybe go out and buy this book or share this around, send it to people, start a conversation. We need to talk more about this because it's not until we learn this fact and these facts, these fundamental truths that we're ever going to make any progress. These elections, okay, are not going to solve the root problem. They will fix maybe some side effects, maybe, but you can only keep popping pills for side effects for so long before the root cause mm-hmm. finally kills you. Okay. This is not, yeah. this is not sustainable. We cannot keep doing this. That's for another discussion. Join us on Friday when we chat about uh, actually continue. We're continuing our series leadership for the king. This time we're talking about the family. So join us on Friday for that episode. Uh, Thanks so much. We will see you then. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.